the episode nines are always the blockbusters of the Game of Thrones series. How about season six, episode nine, though? The Battle of the Bastards. The Bastards being Jon Snow and Ramsay Bolton. I personally felt that episode was everything I'd hoped and dreamt of and more. And to discuss it today, back once again, Dean Thomas. He's at Dean on Air on Twitter. And after that, Eugene Simon. He plays Lancel Lannister, the uh, Lannister cousin with the long blonde hair in the first couple of series, who's now shaved his head. He's donned a potato sack, swinging his cudgel around, following the High Septon. He's got a star carved into his head. He's in Australia for Supernova Expo. You can still catch him at the Perth event on the 25th. I got to chat with him in the lead-up to the finale of Series 6, which he should play a major part in. So you'll hear that chat. But first, let's talk about such an amazing episode with Dean Thomas. This is Valar Podcasters. So, Dino, do you want to start with your official um, disclaimer? Yes, I do. Okay. My name is Dean Thomas, and while I don't know all the names and regions very well, my passion is unprecedented <laughs> for Game of Thrones. <laughs> I love how you do it from memory each time, but it's always subtly different. <laughs> it really is. Um, oh, isn't it so good? It was so great. I think we both watched it together, and I think we can both agree that, like, Oh, there were just so many fantastic moments and especially because the last couple of episodes have been a bit like, you know, come on, do something great. A little bit snorry the last two, but this is the episode that we've wanted Mm. since season one. Since, no, since we learned that dragons existed, this is the episode we needed. And like, um, since we first met Ramsay. As oh. well, like we've been waiting for this episode so much. And we'll get to his death really soon, but oh. there's so much to cover before then. I mean, just how it starts. Tyrion and Khaleesi are just having a yarn in the pyramid. Was it? Was it did it start with the catapult's eye view, or was yes. that last episode? I can't remember. Bird's eye view of all the ships attacking yeah. Marine. Oh. Or a, a dragon's eye view, a little bit of foreshadowing Ooh. there, maybe. And Tyrion's all like to Khaleesi, oh, no, the people love us. Everything's going smooth. Yeah. Meanwhile, then, the slavers boom. are attacking yeah. the city. <laughs> Now, this is what I love about the episode, and I'm sure you can agree. As an audience, we were positioned to believe that maybe Khaleesi was surrendering. Would you agree that they were trying I... to pull a Swifty? I know you're smart, and you didn't think it, but just agree with me. <laughs> the audience was made to believe that. Hey, at the very least, the slavers were. Right. <laughs> and then Khaleesi's all like, surrender? Oh. No. Oh, no. No, 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 no. no. There has been a misunderstanding, I believe. And then, Dan, mm. then it happens. The dragon comes out. Yep. And does it have a name, the one big one that was Drogon. Drogon is yeah. the size of a fucking Transformer. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, small, like a light aircraft. Drogon could beat Optimus Prime, but that's another argument. But I'm sticking with it. It's probably like a Tumblr just dedicated to that, like pop culture person versus pop culture yes. creature. This is the beauty of this whole beautiful scene where Khaleesi wreaks havoc on the slavers. Mm. For example, back at the Colosseum, I know it's not a Colosseum. Remember when the dragon... The fighting ra- pits of Marine, yeah. Remember when yeah. they rescued her? Yeah. Even at that point, she was like, oh, I'll get on the dragon hesitantly and just kind of luckily get away. Oh, no, 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 not anymore, my friend. Now she has a dragon license. Now she knows how to do barrel rolls. She knows, she how, knows to... how to tame her dragon. She's tamed the goddamn <laughs> dragon. She's like uh, singling out ships and burning ships individually. Yeah. She's fucking kicking And ass. she's just like, Dracarys? Yes. Dracarys, like hands-free dragon, like Bluetooth dragon. Man, she knows exactly yeah. the button to push on Drogon to make him squirt fire. I did find it also quite funny where like the other two, um, Viserion and Rhaegal, just escaped out the wall, like, boom, straight out. I was like, could they do that the whole time? Do they Were they always able to just Bit knock annoying. Out? 
Maybe I've rationalised it by saying that um, basically there was some sort of maybe some unsullied lit some depth charges in there or something. Just that's a conclusion you came to, and we're all doing that because we love the show, but yes. the fact is there's a yeah. pretty bit of a cop-out how they just walked out of the wall. Boom. But yeah. I'm not angry. You're not angry. No one's no. angry. Who cares? No, because it's bloody fantastic. Now, Dragons versus ships, the eternal battle. Here's my problem with Khaleesi, old friend. Mm. For too long, we've loved her. For too long, she's... I know she had a rough start. She was raped by a cow dragon. It was disgusting, <laughs> that scene. It was awful. She had a really rough start. She had a horrible time. For the last, you know, season and a half, she's just been kicking ass yep. willy nilly. Yeah, oh, she does almost that got stranded at the. She almost got stranded at the Dosh Colleen. Almost is a key word, my all friend. Right, she okay, yeah. stranded no, she did it. right. Yeah, she knew what she was doing. She kicked over a brazier. Mate, she, that was that was a perfect example of her just being a badass bitch. Yeah, yeah. She's amazing, right? Yeah. She's a queen with a capital K W. Which means she's yeah. gonna it can't it can't last. She's gonna get killed, man. You reckon? Man, it's Game of Thrones. We love her. We love what she's doing. It's it. This is done. I that was her grand final on the weekend. That on yesterday. That was her grand final. Huge words. Tell me, from I'm Dean wrong. Thomas. Well, I don't know because I feel like right now we're at the stage where they're the characters fall into two camps, right? You've either got the characters who, um, you know, they they haven't really got much to them and they're expendable and they be killed off pretty easily. And then you've got characters like Arya, Sansa, John, mm-hmm. um, like so Rickon, for example. Mm-hmm. You can kill him. It doesn't really matter that much. Even yeah. Hodor, like you know, he's a lovable guy. Take but... that back. <laughs> take it back, and we'll move on. Take it back. I'm not going to take it back. Son of a bitch. Yeah. It's true though. Like, Hodor never... was a. I cried. Yeah, I know, but he's never going to be you know a big yeah. player in the Game You're of right. Thrones, You're right? right? But it's just. I don't know. I feel like characters like Daenerys and Jon and Arya and Sansa, they're just too developed now. And clearly good. Yeah. There's, 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 very, there's a lot of good characters, a lot of baddies, and there's some grey ones. Yeah. Who's in the grey category? Jamie. Yep. Anyone else? Theon. Yep. Yeah, good one. Mm. Hey, how about the little exchange him and Tyrion had while they were negotiating their uh, war pact mm. in Marina? How about he was just there? It was like one scene he's not there and suddenly it's like, and you, you mistreated me when I was at Winterfell. And it's like him. You're like, oh, guess he made it there unscathed. Oh, sorry, mate. I just skipped a bit. Back to when they were negotiating the surrender. Yeah. And uh, the three slave kings are there. Yeah. And you, you always knew the one that was dobbing on his mates was going to cop it. We always yeah. knew that. But did you know the other guy got slashed in the same movement? He joined in. He joined in on the dob in. Right. So cause... the first guy was like, I'm going to dob him in. You know, yeah. Take this guy. And then the other guy's like, um, yeah, okay, cool. Now we've got a majority. Take him. Yeah. Gotcha. It was I, a bit of a... Uh, um, very quick edit, because I had to watch it twice to see the other guy drop. And then there was two, uh, two uh, floor hits. It was a bit of a King Solomon type yeah. thing, where it's like, cut the baby in half. Fine, cut yeah. it in half. No, I want the other person to have it. Ah, you are the noble father. <laughs> exactly. It was one of those. Exactly. Um, Am I a pervert? Yes, continue. Or <laughs> was that... Were there flirters? Khaleesi and the lesbian lady flirting a yeah. little bit? Yeah. There yeah. was real... Yeah. Even the fact, like, that just before their handshake, you were like, no. are they going to kiss? Because they were riffing, but was that, were they riffing on being two powerful women controlling armies, or were they were they giving each other Kate Sobrano bedroom lights? There was, there was real, uh, there was real sparks going on there. Yeah. real Sobrano? Some real KC, yeah. Oh. No, because um, wasn't, like, you could see Daenerys do a little eyebrow wave, yeah. her, little, her yeah. little Daenerys eyebrow wave, and um, we know that... Uh, Yara Greyjoy. Uh, That's her name, not the lesbian. I'm sorry. Well, we know that she's of that persuasion. Yes. And I mean, Daenerys. Have we seen her do any um, lesbian stuff? Girl on girl stuff. Uh, no. In the book, she has like 
a uh, handmaiden who teaches her the ways of the flesh. Okay. All right. Sure. Say no more. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's a, such a George R.R. R. Martin way to put it. But in the world of Westeros, sexuality is not the same as it is everywhere else. Anything goes in no, Westeros. No, it's a much better place, isn't it, Dino? Anything goes. Isn't it great? <laughs> I guess. Brother, sister. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, okay, so. In the books, Tormund has had sex with a bear. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, so let's go to the Ramsey meeting ahead of the war, day before the war, in the middle of a field. Yep. I got two agendas. John's is to get him pissed off. Yeah. Well, effectively the same agendas because uh, Ramsey was just they were antagonizing each mm. other. What did you think of that? That was when he threw the wolf's head out. Yeah, to say we got Rick on. Well, yeah. Otherwise, how would I have a die wolf head, idiot? Yeah. And then Sansa. Man, by the way, for the last three episodes, she's been just straight up hard ass ice queen killer, right? Yeah. Sansa's a killer now. Yeah, and um, she hasn't trusted John either. She Not still hasn't hate. trusted John. Yeah. yeah. How about the line, "You will die tomorrow, Lord Ramsay. Sleep well." And, and then she just gallops off. <laughs> I was like, guys, I thought you were going to exit with me. But then the trash talk continued after she left. Then Ramsey's all like, I can't wait to have her back in my bed. And John's like, no, it's not going to happen, dickhead. And then, yeah. by the way, real quick, who would have won in that fight a one-on-one? Or well, we know John kills him in the, later in the episode. Anyway. And I'm pretty sure that Ramsey basically says, I don't know if I would beat you, but I know my army will beat yours. Yeah. So I'm going to do the army. But then Snow um, goes, yeah. how would your men like it if they knew you wouldn't fight for him? And yeah. he's like, well played. Um... Jon Snow's regarded as quite the swordsman, though. Like the swordsman, hey? Yeah. Well, at the very least, a swordsman. Yeah. Jamie was always regarded as probably the best swordsman of his age until he lost his hand. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? And um, another one who's a real standout in that sort of that sort of year group. Sam? Uh, <laughs> Sam the Slayer. <laughs> um, Baristan Selmy. No shit. Who worked for Daenerys and then got killed by all the Unsullies. He was always regarded as some sort of... Phenomenal swordsman. Oh, Jorah, Friendzone is a wicked fighter. Yeah, he was pretty good in the pits, wasn't he? No, he's just looking for a cure for his debilitating skin disease. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, there goes your season. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> hey, what's the news? Oh, apothecaries and pharmacies across the land. Yes. What's Stannis's old mate's name that's now travelling with the gang? Davos. Davos, okay. What about the interaction between Davos and the ginger wildling who I love? Mm. What's his name? Torment. I love Torment. Mm. He's great. Yeah. Bit of comic relief from Tormund in this episode in two bits. Him yeah. just not un- understanding stuff. Yeah, and also like <laughs> he dropped the C bomb twice as well. And then like he's like headbutting, fighting, like yeah. weaponless, crushed up against it, just pummeling the dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But how about him and Davos? So they flirted with getting a drink. And what's Ginger Nuts called again? <laughs> Tormund Giant's Bane. Tormund's like. <laughs> I've got some sour goat's milk. Yeah. Not like that great water you dickheads drink. And then Davos goes off for his wander under the pretext of, um, you know, chucking a shit and nervous shit. Uh, He he mentions going to the toilet again later on the app. He's got a real poop. (laughs) He's got a shit fetish. Davos. Um, And he found the little figurine, the Shireen figurine. Well, he made a real connection with that little girl. Yep. And now he knows that she was mindlessly slaughtered by her mentally ill father. To be honest, I'm of the opinion that in his heart he knew it all along. I agree. Right? He's like, look, she's not here. The dad's dead. The mum's dead. Like, he, he's known all along, right? Yep. But uh, And that's why I think it was in episode one or two when he confronted Melisandre what at did the she wall. Say? Well, she didn't get to really say anything because Brienne came in. That's right. And Brienne started confronting Melisandre about the shadow demon and all that sort of stuff, right? right? Do you reckon that Davos will flip? 
He's a pretty chilled out guy. No, but... he's a he's a slow burner. Like he, he's going to come up with a way to kill Melisandre, and he's going to kill her. Maybe he'll do some sort of like noble thing, like mm. leave this camp, leave this camp forever. Yeah, he's one of those, isn't he? Yeah. By the way, Red Witch, she's very flat at the moment, isn't she? She's going to lift. She is down and out. She's lost the will to cast spells. She's lost the will to do anything now. Yeah. She, all she's got is a little magical necklace keeping <laughs> her young. Yeah. And then she's got nothing. And she made a really good point about the Lord of Light, mm. which I want to touch on. So Jon Snow is back roaming the earth because of the Lord of the Light. Yeah. Lord of Light. I think he is immortal now, and that... that Immortal. Yes. Cannot be killed. Yes. Look at that fight scene. There's too many acts of God that save him. The Lord of Light, in my opinion, in this humble old man's opinion, can't die in battle. This scene, now again, this is where my radar goes up and I, I get so nervous about making up these theories because if they're not true, like you'll be disappointed. But that's, that's the point of a theory. It might not be true. But tell me how many <laughs> acts of God you saw during that fight scene. He was covered in bodies. Yeah. I think the filmmakers were trying to make the point that he can't be killed. No, I think he's got, um, like, the protagonist's cloak of um, invisibility on him. So, like, (laughs) everyone else is just expendable, but he's the main character. You reckon? Yeah. I suppose this is a wonderful show, but it can be basic like that sometimes, can't Mm. it? Before we go any further, a real scene stealer was um, Little Lady Mormont. Yeah, Came back her. on a little Clydesdale, on a little Shetland. Love her so much. <laughs> she's so petulant. Yeah, I know. One, one glare yes. and just owned the scene. Yes. She's just so angry all the time. Well, that's an excellent point. She owned that scene yeah. off a glare. Yeah. That kid's going to have a big career if she keeps kicking ass. Do you want to know a cool fact as well? Yes. Because um, she loaned Jon Snow, you know, 60 men, and that was all she could do, and, yeah. and you know... But she still, she was there for him, yeah. right? That gesture saved Jon Snow's life, how? right? I'll tell you how. At the end, when they're at Winterfell, yep. the, the giants bash down the door and he picks up the shield, blocks Ramsay's arrow Boom. just in time. Do you see what symbol was on the shield? Ah. Bear Island. Hey. So that shield wouldn't have been there if it hadn't been for the 62 Bear Islanders. Bear Island. Do you love that name? There you go. Welcome to Bear Yeah, you're right there. <laughs> You're bloody right. Richard Attenborough. <laughs> we, were watch, we were watching the show with 10 people at my place. A little... Yeah, we were. It was a good gathering. I think everyone in the world did what we did. So when the giant was trying to get into Winterfell mm. and he's bashing the door and then he finally gets through and he's got a really good stride on him. You're yeah. thinking, yes, yeah. he's going to get inside and just clean up. This is going to be perfect. Second later, he hits the deck. Yeah. We went from... Yes! Oh, no! Have you ever seen a character just become so beloved so quickly? No. It was like, we've seen little bits of him, and we saw him at Hard Home, and we saw him at the wall, and he was like, snow. And like, you know, he's had a little bit of a story arc of his own. Yeah. But man, I reckon this episode, the writers were like, let's make this giant a bloody hero. Yeah. And they nailed it. They did. Um, like he's so almost going to make it and then he cops an arrow to the eye. <laughs> Thanks, Ramsey, you yeah. little shithead. He took a lot of beating, though. He did, didn't he? <laughs> I like all the people on the internet just outraged at the fact that um, why did they not give the giant a weapon? 
When he's like, he can punch one horse at a time, give him a stick like he had at hard home and he can just clean the place out. Dan, that's an excellent point. He can just punch right through all the shield walls. Give him a a giant-sized broom, just a humble broom, and he'll clear the way. (laughs) What the hell? Just give him a couple of giant baseball gloves. (laughs) Just carve his way through. Yeah, rest in peace. What's his name again? 1-1. Rest in peace, 1-1, you beautiful boy. I know. Now... Um, okay. Joffrey died via poison and that was satisfying but I think a lot of us were like I wish it was longer I wish it was grosser I wish it was crueler yeah we got it with Ramsay we really did I mean every punch that Snow landed on him felt good to me didn't it feel good to you? oh it was do you know and uh, apparently in the filming of it they filmed all day from every single angle just John just doing fake punches <laughs> at Ramsay and the total damage bill he actually accidentally punched um uh, I think it's Iwin Rian, I think is the actor's name. Right. Punched him in the face twice. Really? By accident. Yeah. By the way, the actor that plays Ramsey. Amazing. Amazing. And um, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's the first time they've ever done, they've ever done a scene together. I don't think they've ever... Besides always, the meeting. John's always been... At the, yeah, until this episode. The meeting, yeah. John's always been at the wall. Well, Sansa says that. This is the first time you met her. Yeah. And by the way, we didn't really touch on that, but she, she was pivotal to this episode and mm-hmm. then... She's all like, I know him. You've got to plan differently. It was very frustrating to watch Jon Snow consistently ignore Sansa. Yeah. And consistently act stupidly because he's skilled up so much over the course of the last six seasons. Yeah. Like he's, he's just grown so much and he's learnt so much about himself. And when you compare like how, how weak and useless he, and brooding he was, at the just angry about being a bastard and like through people like um, Gior Mormont. Yep. Um, Egrete, Mance Raider, Tormund. He's just learnt so much more. Yeah. And now he's, he's even Stannis and Davos. True. And now here he is and he's like running right out in front of his whole army. Yeah, they've done a pretty good job of developing the characters. I can't think of any character that's kind of one-dimensional and has stayed consistently like that. Mm. So they've done a pretty good job of that. Um, I was worried we are going to miss... Kill Tom. What's his name? The ginger guy. Shit. What's his name? Tormund. I was so scared we're going to lose him in the fight. Yeah, I know. He's great, isn't he? He is good. And if he died, then he never would have hooked up with Brienne. It's inevitable. Oh, uh, Tormund. Yeah. Brienne's still just rowing down the river with Podrick, <laughs> waving goodbye to Jamie. Podrick's uh, paddling with his giant paddle. All right. Uh, yeah, please. This is a highbrow podcast. We don't need your dick jokes. <laughs> this is not a footy trip. Um, <laughs> so where to from now? Because often... Well, no, no, let's go back because um, Ramsey was shooting at Rickon. Oh, yeah, sorry. Ramsey... That was intense. He can't do anything without like a sick twist, right? Even bringing out the knife and yeah. holding it up, his little flensing blade or whatever it was. Yeah, we kind of skipped over that, didn't we? That was the whole. That was the coolest bit of the whole goddamn episode. Okay, so let's yeah. set the scene. Yeah, both both armies are ready to go. Yeah, no one's really doing much, and then bang, Ramsay brings out Recon on a leash, on a leash like a dog. Yep. And at this point, again, they're very clever with the... Go and, go and run to your, your brother. Everyone at my house was thinking, oh, man, because they didn't reveal him until quite late. We thought he's going to have drag a out a limb. Exactly. We were saying, like, he's going to release the dogs to chase after him yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, in a way, it was kind of even worse than any of us expected. It was worse because those first few arrows were clearly just joke ones. Yeah. He could have hit him yeah. at any point. And, my God, they left it so perfectly. I mean... John was reaching down, he was five yeah, metres from yeah. whipping him up, and bang. 
And it was just far enough to get John within range yeah. of his own arrows. Absolutely. And when John's horse gets shot yeah. and he flies over the top. This is my point, Dan. He's become protected by the gods. No, he's protected by the plot. He's protected by the gods! <laughs> he's wearing protagonist armour. His horse went down and wore several arrows. A dude that he was hanging out with on the battleground yeah. took it one through. So he's, many arrows. He's protected by the gods. Do you reckon those arrows were so you terrifying? Not listening. No, I don't agree you don't with you. Me. I don't agree with you. And I hate it, but it's fair. Uh, what did you say? Those arrows are so terrifying. They uh, come yeah. so fast and they're so violent. Yeah, the, the sound design and the... oh. And then when Jon Snow is standing there and, and, and the horses were charging at him, right? And yes. he's holding, you know, he throws off his belt and he's holding his Valyrian blade, like yep. long claw, like at his side. Oh, yes. So that's real. Um, those are real horses, 40 horses, all galloping straight at actual Kit Harrington on a field, right? Yeah. They filmed it all with real horses. And then right, you're like, you're going, how? He can't, he just, he can't sword fight these guys. Ooh, they come up from behind, they crunch in together, and it is chaos. Isn't it? It's just nuts. And it's like every brutal death, left, right, and center. Oh. This is why this whole episode is full of tricks. Because even up until that point, it looked like he was just going to die a stupid, pointless, noble death. Or, or at the very least be struck down and taken captor. Or, exactly. or he couldn't have gotten out of that, but it just came straight up from behind. And then at the time, I was like, as if you couldn't even see them. But they never actually showed the angle from behind him. Yeah. So they could have been at any distance. It and it was just chaos. Perfectly made. Okay. So then that chaotic scene when Jon oh. Snow hits the deck. So many people I've spoke to felt claustrophobic. And yeah. I did. They just did that so perfectly. And And then like... It just followed such a great storyline through the battle of like oh, yeah. the the chaos down and the, and the and the casualties slowly building up, which apparently is quite historically accurate. Like the men would fight over the bodies of wow, the dead, and they okay. just build up, right? Yeah. And they had to build all those. They had to drag in like fake bodies and fake horses and stack them all, and they all had to have their own costumes. Man, that's how it was all done. Just this wall of humans building up and, and the obscured vision and the blood and the mud. and Oh, my God. Oh, so well done. It's brilliant. And then let's just, in a nutshell, if Sansa wasn't there, Ramsay would have won because his army mm. completely had them surrounded. And how about that maneuver when they crunching made it? Crunching in, yeah. Crunching like in. A shield wall. It was like the, uh, the, trash, the trash bin on the first Star Wars, you know, where the walls came in. <laughs> the, the Death Star trash compactor. Yeah. Great design. <laughs> really good at sanitation on the Death Star. Um, so they would have died. Yeah. But thanks to Sansa. Little finger right on Little cue. finger. But. He arrived right at the final moment. And in the trailer for next week. Sansa, we made a deal. That's good, man. <laughs> um, in the trailer for next week, they allude that he's like, what do you mean? I came back for love. Don't you love me? And Don't you love me, Sansa? I came back. Now we must marry. <laughs> and, and you will be queen of the Vale. And what did her face say in the trailer, would you say? Ba-bow. Yeah. So will he get pissed oh. off? We'll find out. But final point is, often the second last ep is better than the last. So mm. I'm not expecting much. But I'm happy to be proven wrong. Okay, so here's one that... So um, it was so, like, we we're talking about when Ramsay got killed and um, Sansa sort of confronted him and, and it was... Yep. Oh, what? what? Sorry. Oh. How did I just try and wrap this up? We haven't even talked about the best bit of the fucking episode. Yeah. Of the series. Yeah. Ramsay. And I, when we were watching it, Dino, like, it was about a dozen of us in your living room yeah. and... Everyone went, ah, the second that dog just jumped onto his jaw. 
And um, I was like, I said, I was like, why didn't we set up a reaction camera? Because no, so everyone like jumped up and waved their hands around with yeah. disgust. And I was half, yeah, half disgust, half, half glee. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was just. It was perfect because it was so well done. He was so arrogant all the way up to that point, to the point where he even says, "My hounds won't will listen to me." And then those that starving, horrifying dog climbs on him slowly, as if like a person. Yeah, yeah. He's like sit. And the dog's like, you can almost see the dog think, go from that's my master to that's food. That's dinner. And then he bites his face off. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. Oh, and then wicked. Sansa walks off and she does that just award-winning smile. Yeah. Just that tiny little smile, which apparently they filmed about 13 different takes of it. Really? Just to get it just right. Well, they picked the right one because it was absolutely beautiful. Well, it was either Dan or DB, the creators, one of them said that that's the best. That It's not even a line. It's just the best thing that Sansa's ever done. Yeah. It's that little yeah. smile. But, okay, so you, we were talking before um, we turned the mics on about theories. Mm. Now, I am convinced about this one, mm-hmm. that Sansa is pregnant with Ramsay's kid. I'm convinced. Because there's been two mentions along the lines of Ramsay being inside her. One, yeah, when she was yeah. talking to John about the rape, mm-hmm. and she says something about, like, there's still a part of him in me or something like that. Right. And then in that final scene, when she's talking to him through the cage, What'd you say? she says something about, there's some mention of a part of him being in her. Mm-hmm. And then she goes into it, but your house will never, your house will die and your name will die and all this sort of stuff. As if to say, it doesn't fucking matter that I'm pregnant with your kid because no one will ever fucking know. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I like, really, I really reckon. Your name will disappear. Yeah. This will disappear. Yeah. Okay. I really, I really think that'll, it might even be in the next episode. Which isn't a problem. He's probably going to be a great kid. I mean, his dad is a sociopath. And his grandfather probably is a little bit kooky as well, Roos. <laughs> Look, do you get this one? Do you? I don't know. I... Do you go to the clinic? <laughs> do you? Where's like the morning after pill in Westeros? Actually, no, they have um, in the... Because in the um, books, um, you get a lot of Cersei's thoughts. Mm-hmm. And she is just always on this... Going to this druid for... Um, Abortion medication because of Jamie. Um, it, no, no, because of like all the other dudes she's rooting. Hey, do you reckon? Do you reckon Cersei's having sex with that big lizard mate of hers? Yeah, oh, there he is. <laughs> Maybe he's just so dead in the bedroom. Um, How do we just go to two guys imagining about sex in a room? Well, we have been talking for like twenty five minutes. Like it's it's only a matter of time. We're You're two right. males. We're going right. to talk about sex apparently every eight seconds. You're so, right. You're right. Um, but yeah. So next week. There's a whole there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on now. So what? I feel like the two big battles have happened. Yeah, but we still need to resolve all the Cersei. Um, You're right. It's all going to be about Tommen. Marjorie, isn't it? yeah, Cersei, Tommen, Marjorie, Loras, High Sparrow kind of drama. Now, does a High Sparrow get killed? <sighs> just just have a bet. Are you, do you say yes? Well, I've got a little bit of intel. Do I want to know it, mate? I spoke to, um, and it, it's going to be the second part of this podcast, Great. so it's up next, a little, little teaser, a little, ta- little taste yeah. um, to Lancel Lannister, the actor who played Lancel Lannister, Eugene Simon. You cool. know, So Lancel's the guy, he was in the first few series, he had the, like, the long blonde hair and he slept with Cersei yeah. and Jamie went away, yes. right? I said to him, I said, is Cersei going to blow up King's Landing? And it's just, everyone's just going to die. And he was pretty confident that his character isn't going to die. 
Because the the prevailing rumor, and it's been it's been um. When you say blow up King's Landing, yeah, bring it to flames, yeah. You think she's going to do that? Yeah, because there's been a lot of mention. First of all, Cersei talks a lot about like basically burning things to the ground. I'll burn your family to the ground, all that sort of stuff, right? There's been a lot of mention this series of all the wildfire that's hidden around King's Landing. Right. But, you know, remember how in Series 2, Episode 9, Tyrion used the green flames to set all oh, the yeah. ships on fire? That's amazing. That's, uh, yeah, back then we thought that was a big battle. Yeah. Um, and so, he got cut in the face that day. is a rough day for Tyrion. Boom. Um, the rumour is, is that when Kyburn said to Cersei, oh, the rumour that you asked me to uh, investigate is true. And we never knew what that rumour was. That was the rumour. The but there's all the fire hidden under all the the key buildings. That would be awesome because I think that place is a hole and it needs to be rebuilt. Am I right? You're, you're big on civic reforms, aren't you, Dino? <laughs> <laughs> um, right, well, hopefully it's a great last step. Yeah. Shit, that was so great, hey? Yeah, it really was, especially after episode eight, which was a bit of a damp squib. It was, it was a bit of a fizzer. Yeah, I thought it was really bloody good. All right. Um, Well. Hey, can't wait to hear this chat coming up with that dude. Pretty good chat. (laughs) Thanks, Dean. At Dean on Air on Twitter, of course. As promised, here is that chat with Lancel Lannister himself, Eugene Simon. Um, welcome to Australia, um, television's Lancel Lannister, Eugene Simon. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Thank you very, very much for having me. It's wonderful to be here. I'm convinced that um, at, at the episode, the finale of Game of Thrones is going to see your character dying a brutal death. Now, you can't ah. tell me if you can. You can't tell me if you do or not. <laughs> I'm always optimistic for Lancel, and uh, so I have a feeling that you may be proven wrong, but oh. uh, we will have to wait and see. But isn't there a giant storage of wildfire hidden underneath King's Landing that Cersei's desperate to light? This is an interesting fan uh, story that's been coming to me a couple of times. And um, we've featured wildfire before, so I suppose you have to wonder if not whether or not we're willing to do it again. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. <laughs> the dragons crop up as a, as a Daenerys plot point with alarming regularity. So I would have There is, surprised. generally speaking, a lot of fire in this show. Yeah, exactly. Um, are you got like people just grilling you left, right and centre about what's about to happen uh, wrapping up Series 6? People are certainly very curious, but the interesting thing about it is they're not actually sort of manically keen on knowing. Most people are actually very composed and kind of wanting to have very structured questions that don't give away too much. So it's surprising how many people actually want to just watch the episode without any spoilers. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, it's true. And I I was reading an article the other day, uh, Eugene, and it said that um, theories are the new spoilers. Uh, so everyone's coming up with all these theories like, oh, Arya is a split personality or um, the the Hound and the Mountain are going to fight in the Cersei's trial by combat. And in the show, just when the episodes happen, they're like, no trial by combat. Arya just got stabbed and she's better now. And everyone goes, oh... Right, right. Well, I think as these theories are starting to become more and more, uh, there's the potential for so many of them to be true. That's what's so worrying about them. So I think that you're probably right. Theories are becoming more, theories have a very, very high value nowadays. So Mm. people should be afraid of that, I think. As a cast member of Game of Thrones, are you sitting on the internet reading what people are saying or do you prefer (laughs) to shield yourself from it? 
it's funny. There is so much of it. You know, it changes and updates every sort of five seconds. So I think to try to keep up would be quite a big job. I know that, uh, for example, the website, you know, Watchers on the Wall, they have yeah. to, uh, they have to, you know, keep updating everything on Google about five times in order to know <laughs> what people are hypothesizing. But for me to do it would probably be uh, too much of a full time job. I think I'd have to, I'd have to, uh, t- you know, give up, give up my uh, my day job in order to do that, which oh. I'm not, I'm not yet willing to do. I've got to say, I'm pretty <laughs> close to keeping up with it. I'm. <laughs> okay. Good, yeah, good. I'm doing my head in trying to figure it all out. And every time I try and predict anything, and I'm sure people can identify, I get it wrong and I go, God damn it. What? <laughs> well, keep guessing. Keep guessing. We like it. It uh, makes it more for a more fun story. Well, you're keeping the secrets of how this series ends, Series 6 of Game of Thrones, but it must have been pretty tough. Um, what was it like from the day you got the scripts for Series 6 through to when Episode 1 finally premiered? Um, keeping all the secrets around, especially Jon Snow. Yeah, well, I mean, that was a big one to keep. I actually, when I, I remember filming um, on t- towards the end of uh, December in uh, in Belfast, and I was about to walk on set, and just as I came out of uh, costume, uh, Kit, I bumped into Kit. And he was dressed as the Lord Commander and he was uh, basically waiting to film something himself. And I just went, hello, mate. Oh, so you're alive. Then he went, yeah, Eugene, yeah, I'm alive. Yeah, I'm alive. Yeah, and very, very, very casually. And I went, oh, well, that's good. I'm glad to hear it. And then we went and got lunch together. So it was just, it was, it was, it was just, it was a, a sort of happened like an incident on the breeze. You know, I was just like, oh, good, you're alive. That's, that's, um, I'm glad to hear it. We don't so when, mention we don't mention that. Uh, yeah, exactly. Don't, ask, don't tell. Exactly, exactly. And then from then onwards, I think he just had to, you know, as he said himself, he had to keep it quiet. But you know, this I saw this this interview he did the other day. This funny story of a a, a cop. He got pulled over by. Um, uh, this is his story. I'm repeating. He got pulled over by a cop and ended up having to. Um, the cop said, "Listen, you understand you were going a little bit fast back there." And he went, like, "I'm really, really sorry." And the, the cop goes, "Okay, look." I want you to tell me, does your character survive into season six of Game of Thrones? And he looked at the police officer and went, yeah, he does. And the police officer just went, on your way, Lord Commander. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. Exactly, exactly. It's a perfect, a perfect example of uh, police injustice. Yeah, and also because the cop can't explain it because he'll get in trouble and Kit can't explain it because he'll get in trouble by divulging a spoiler. Exactly. So they were, they were mutually required to keep their mouths shut. Is that like um like the sort of your persona non grata number one? If you accidentally like let slip a spoiler to the media, then everyone sort of gives you the stink eye around HBO for the next week. I, I've never known anyone to do it, so I would assume pro- you're probably right, but I've never experienced that firsthand, so I wouldn't know. Um, your character is Lancel Lannister. I think uh, is it the cousin of Cersei? Yeah, it is. A lot of people think that she that he is uh, her sort of nephew, but no, he is her cousin. It'd be a bit creepy if it was a, a nephew. But then again, I it mean, already she's is having bit, sex with her brother. <laughs> it already is creepy, amigo. It already is yeah, creepy. Exactly, <laughs> keeping it in the family. Um, and your character has, I mean, it, people, I'm sure a lot of people couldn't, because there's so many characters and so many family relations, but your character was early on in the series as a sort of long, golden-haired, younger Lannister. Mm-hmm. And now he's come back as a sort of, Potato sack wearing, um, mutilated face, cudgel carrying, <laughs> religious extremist. Right. Um, so, what's the last, say, half decade of your life been like playing this character? 
It's been a pretty extraordinary journey. I mean, you know, when I got the role, I was told that uh, Lancel has this pretty extraordinary change of character um, from the books. And George very sweetly actually sent me an email when I first got the role. And when he sent it to me, he gave me a layout of what Lancel gets up to over the course of the five books he'd already written because yeah. he'd just done A Dance with Dragons by that point. This was, yeah. what, six years ago. Correct. So I had an idea of the way that he changes quite dramatically. But what we what was quite uh, fun for us to do, the tangent that Dan and David went on, was that Lancel and Game of Thrones comes back as, as you've said, a cudgel-wielding, rather thuggish and rather, um, uh, you know, rather, I would say, empowered and sort of focused individual. But yeah. in the books, he does end up f- sort of falling a little bit on the on the wayside. He is much more um, sort of, uh, he's much more brittle. He's got grey hair, long grey hair, very thin, one foot kind of in the coffin. So the in terms of the past six years, it's been very interesting to go from what I knew, how I knew he was identified in the first books, um, which we essentially created, we, we we kept the character very close to in the show, but then changing him rather dramatically. And for me as an actor, it, that was a very, very important, um, I guess, sort of milestone in my work, really, because it uh, it required a lot of uh, a lot of imagination. It required a lot of, uh, I guess, attention to detail. You know, I was I was fortunate enough at that time to be able to put on quite a lot of weight. Lancel in the first couple of seasons was very thin. He was, lean, he was a kid. Yeah, he's a very kid. He yeah. was a kid exactly, and now he's um, something of a something of a man. What what town character is more fun to play? The golden haired child or the uh cropped headed um as you said cudgel wielding thug yeah well i mean i wouldn't be able i don't think i'd be able to play the golden head boy now um oh, i reckon simply you've got range natural... i reckon you've got range <laughs> no i think i could do it but it wouldn't be the same i i would uh, i think the naivety of lancel in 13 seasons one and two uh was uh should we say fairly symbiotic to my yeah. age because i was only 18 at the time but i do enjoy I, i've certainly i enjoyed playing lancel the squire at the time, just as much as today, I enjoy playing Lancel the Thug. Um, but I think probably today, in you know 2016, I definitely enjoy playing Lancel the, the religious fanatic. He's got a bit of edge. Yes, he's got a little bit of power, a bit of gravitas, and he does tend to sort of change, even from seasons one and two, he does tend to change the outcome of the story rather dramatically yeah. whenever, whenever he comes on, uh, comes, comes on screen. So that's certainly a, uh, a fun sort of power to have, I guess. You said that you got an email from George R.R. R. Martin, the author of the whole series when you started mm. out, and you sort of said, you know, this is what you're doing through the next five books. There's two books that are yet to be published and you're about to start, I assume, unless you die on the finale, uh, that you're about to you know, keep going. Do you, has he told you what's coming up in future books? I have a funny story about that. I was sat down with George R. R. Martin on the season five premiere uh, in San Francisco and I sat down next to him and uh, he turned to me and he went, ah, in that wonderful voice of his, yeah. Hello, Lancel. How are you? And I went, I'm very well. Thanks, George. How are oh, you? Does he, he actually said, call you Lancel? Offset? He did. He called me Lancel. And I didn't correct him. I didn't correct him. <laughs> and he said to me, um, I said to him, how are you, how are you, how are you doing? How's, how's the writing? How's life? He went, very good. Thank you. I've just, uh, I just started uh, writing a little scene for Lancel in the new book. Oh, and I went, oh, and this is fantastic. <laughs> so um, who knows? You may end up seeing some more stuff from Lancel in uh, The Winds of Winter. Yeah, unless you, unless you die. <laughs> unless exactly exactly unless that happens yeah maybe george is just as cruel with his actors as he is with his characters <laughs> there's a there's a good chance of that on this show on the uh you get to share some scenes with some uh some fantastic actors um first of all you get to do a lot of work um with the mountain himself uh 
Hafthor Bjornsson or <laughs> Yeah, Hafthor Bjornsson. He's a huge guy. The strongest six... man in the world. Yeah, yeah. He's broken a couple of records. He's mm. at six eight, six ten. He weighs about maybe four hundred pounds of solid muscle. He's just uh, he really is a machine, but he's also a very gentle giant. He's a lovely, lovely guy. He's um yeah, he's the kind of guy who, if you look at his Instagram, in one picture he's like towing a truck with his bare hands, and in the other he's like cuddling his two Pomeranians. Yeah, there's this great, there's this great, um, there's this great advert of him uh, basically fighting against the the power of like a kind of snow machine. Have you seen that? It's basically him doing a tug of war with a snow machine. Far it's out. just, it's just, it's unreal. What's it like? <laughs> but isn't it, is it weird just being in the same room as him and knowing that these are the extremes that the human body can get to? It is. I want because in the scene where uh, the, you know the many fans would have seen not last episode because we the the um, Battle of the Bastards is now aired, but yeah. in uh, no one uh, where Lancel's now formally decapitated colleague got his head ripped off. Yeah, um, we call I that the think... um, the I choose violence scene. Exactly yeah. the I choose violence scene. Well, in the I choose violence scene, I was wondering. I did I did really think about asking him. Hathor, can you lift someone one armed off, <laughs> clean off their feet? And um, he said, he said, no, it's quite difficult. It's difficult to do that. And in that wonderful Icelandic accent of his, and I went, yeah, but I'm sure you could try. I went, that's it. He, and he went, yeah, possibly. Oh, it's like it's difficult <laughs> to do that. You never said in that sentence that you can't. You, you never said that you said can't, nor did you say yeah. that you haven't. Yeah, haven't, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. What about, um, I mean, you also get to work with Lena Hetty as well. Mm. She, yeah, I Lena's mean, a lovely person, really I, sweet, very smiley, very enthusiastic, and um, and does a, a wonderful job as Cersei. And absolutely not the um, ice-cold mega-bitch queen that we see on the show. Absolutely not. She's a, she's a she's a ray of sunshine. She really is. She's very happy, very enthusiastic, and um, likes li- like so many of the cast members on Game of Thrones. She really likes to have a laugh on set. Her and uh, the two strongest memories I have are working with her on the first season, and then on with Peter Dinklage in season two, and um, they were just both very 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 funny like whenever the, the, the cameras are off they do like to make sure that it's they obviously focus very specifically on their work but the atmosphere is kept sort of upbeat enough to make it fun as well which you do sort of need you can't have too too much sobriety you can sort of slow slow the energy down a bit too much and so they're 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 wonderful like that you are here uh, down under for supernova um which is a it's a pop culture expo and mm-hmm. um like what kind of excited, should I say, fans? Like what kind of questions have you been subjected to while you've been here? Well, the fans in uh, Sydney uh, that I've met so far have all been wonderful. I mean, they have gen- – I'm asked often, do you know, do you, do you, to put it bluntly, do you get any crazies coming up to you with really avid questions? And I go <laughs> – You are and one, I, <laughs> I wish I could tell you that there was some sort of experience, but no, I don't. I mean, they are so composed. They are so specific with what they want to know and what they don't want to know. And, you know, it's really actually quite um, – it really keeps me on my toes to have to have so many varying questions come to me. And I have to remind myself of – of, um, of what the answers are and what the whole, what the entire storyline of Westeros is. So it keeps me, it keeps me pretty, uh, pretty sharp. And uh, I'm looking forward to meeting everyone on the 25th and 26th this uh, next weekend in Perth. I can't wait. Give me an example of a question that has kept you on your toes, like the kind of level these guys are operating at. 
I think the question that keeps me on my toes is um, they are sometimes ask me, apart from the major houses, what house do you would you really like to be a part of? So oh. forget the Starks, forget the Lannisters, forget the Greyjoys. And so then I had to start thinking of sort of the sub houses yeah. that, that that exist. And the I and it, right, even now. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and then even now, the fact that I've even asked myself that question, I've just started wrapping my brain and I go, I uh, I would say, I'm not sure, maybe House Mormons. They seem noble, they seem really fairly put together that fairly just organized because they're on the show recently so they're that's the thing but that's yeah. but that's the thing and i i have to i have to think of how many other houses there are yeah um i wouldn't be able to say the the car starks or something like that because people sort of go who oh <laughs> you know yeah. um, so you don't want to go too niche but you've got to be niche enough to be like prove, it's a, it's prove a your very worth thin line exactly exactly it's a very uh hard line to toe <laughs> what about if we go simpler and i just ask you if you could play any other character and i'm not talking and even like you know your age i'm talking you could choose any any character of any age or any gender or anything mm-hmm. what would be your dream character to play well i would say at this point that it's very funny that, that ian McElhenney, who played um uh, barristan selmy on the show once said that he'd love to play Arya stark oh. so i'm glad that you said i'm glad that you said that it can be any gender any age but the truth is i would genuinely i, I thought that harry lloyd did a great job as viserys in season one and that alfie allen still does a great job as um theon Greyjoy. the two stories mm. were just so rich these are mm. very uh these are characters that had really do still do have really interesting storylines you know viserys was so uh, ambitious he was obviously mentally quite unhinged, but just before he died, just before molten gold was poured on his head, you saw that he actually was a bit of a child. Mm. Just he just wanted to do right by the house, by his house, um, which is a which is a, which is pretty much what Lancel, well, in a different way, Lancel wanted to do and what Theon wanted to do before awful things happened to, happened to them. Yeah. Um, so those two characters, Viserys and Theon, I would I would be interested to take a whirl at. I think um, Viserys, his death was the first moment, like, this is pre-Ned, and I went, whoa, I had this guy picked as a big bad. Like, this this is not my normal show, you know? Yeah, you're right. He was. His death was quite a surprise. I think people had sort of, you know, cozy themselves into the idea that this is a nemesis I'm going to have to keep my eye on for the next few seasons. But no, he was he was, uh, he was, was out of there by, by season one. And then when Ned Stark got his head cut off, I think that's when Game of Thrones really, really changed. That's when it popped. It's that whole thing. It's... um. Valar Morghulis, all men must die, but you can have a cool death, or you can have an off-screen death like the Blackfish. You got to hope. Exactly. You got to hope for a cool death. Exactly. You've got to. It's not a question of when; it's a question of how. Usually. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, um, I don't know. Hopefully, you don't die in the finale episode, or hopefully, you do, and it's I like, just I like, fantastic. No, it's, it's, it's absolutely right that you're conflicted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Part of me wants to watch you really die. Like I just want to watch the skin just fall from your bones. I think it'd be really thrilling. Go. Yeah. Well, I I will take that as a as a as a minor compliment. Thanks so much <laughs> for the chat, Eugene. Thanks, Dan. So much. It's been great talking to you. 